Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour Voices, a special series on the Mom Hour showcasing diverse voices from across the motherhood community. I'm Megan Francis, and today I'm excited to be chatting with two members of our contributor team, Kia Hammond and Catherine DeVries. Both Catherine and Kia had babies in the not-so-distant past, and I had my first baby in what feels like the very distant past, 25 years ago this fall. So that means that at this moment, a quarter century ago, I was in full-on baby planning and shopping mode and actually getting ready to have my very first baby shower. It's kind of unreal to think that it's been so long, and I know a lot of things about having a baby shower have changed along the way, from who actually gets to attend to how and where expecting parents register, and also what gifts are on every mom's wish list. Kia and Catherine are here to get me up to speed on what's changed and what's still the same all these years later. Hey, Kia and Catherine. So glad to have you on the show. Hi. 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 I'm so excited about this because I... Um, just looked at the date as Sarah and I were planning this episode and realized that my first baby shower would have taken place almost exactly 25 years ago. It was definitely July of 1997. I know that much for sure. I can't exactly remember what the date was, but it was like right around this time. So my mind is kind of blown by that. And, um, I know that you both have little kids and some slightly older like babies and then some slightly older kids too. So I thought it'd be really fun for us to just kind of, I'm going to play dumb a little bit because I don't really know what it's like anymore to have a, a little one that you're planning a baby shower for, um, or trying to do a gift registry or even buying baby stuff. So I'm going to play a little bit dumb and ask you all some questions about what that experience is like for you. Um, but first I thought it would be really fun if you took this opportunity to ask me as an, a rather geriatric mom <laughs> what how things were back in the olden days. It's like a quarter century ago, guys. So uh, I'm sure you have some questions for me. Catherine, go first. You shoot one at me. 
Yeah. So I think the thing I'm curious about the most is my first baby shower with my oldest, who's five. My husband and I were there together. It was planned by a family friend and it was like a party for both of us, basically. And I remember everyone that I knew who had older kids thought that was like so new (laughs) that we would both be at the baby shower. And I'm wondering, Uh like, like, what was the involvement of the dads and like, because it, it just surprises me that they just like wouldn't be involved at all. <laughs> I, I think that that's one of those things that so 25 years ago, late 90s, it, it was becoming more of a thing to have joint showers of all kinds, like uh, maybe a joint baby shower or uh, instead of a bridal shower in a, you know, bachelor party or whatever, or a guy shower, like like a combined thing. But it was not the norm. I think you, if you live like maybe in a city. <laughs> on the coast or something or ran in like a like a hipper set than I did it would in small town midwest there was no way that anybody but me was invited to the baby shower and I would actually say um when I was pregnant with like subsequent kids I had lots of different kind of parties thrown for me that were all very mother centric they weren't all baby showers quote unquote but I had like a like a blessing way um type of event. I think that was with Will. So that would have been 19 years ago. So still going back pretty far, but they were still very mom centric. And, um, I do remember my husband at the time helping me register for gifts, but that's not because he was going to get to go to the shower and he got to come at the end of the shower and pick the gifts up and put them in the car. That was his contribution. So (laughs) that's a great question. That's a great question. Kia, what you got for me? I'm so glad you asked that Catherine, because that was what I was going to ask you. I couldn't wait to hear that answer. Ah. Okay. So okay, sorry. I, we we took your question. You got another one? Yeah, yes, I do. Okay. How okay. did you know what you wanted for your baby? Because I know you had older sisters who had kids. So did you just yeah. like, see what they had and thought, I want that? Or did you kind of say, like, oh, I see you have that. Can I have that when you're done with it? Or magazines? Like, how did you know what you wanted? Yeah. So I know it feels so long ago. So my inner I did have internet but it was nothing like the internet now. Like I think I was on a um, parents place forum, which was like I village, which I don't think either of those things ex- uh, exist anymore. So people would talk about products, but you would see things in magazines. You would think, see things on TV. Mostly though, I saw stuff by just wandering around uh, babies are us. That was kind of like the mega, that was like the mega store for baby stuff. And I would just wander around and be like, Ooh, that's neat. Oh, that's cool. I mean, there wasn't even Amazon yet. So you really didn't have a way to do a lot of comparison shopping. There wasn't like, I don't think bye bye baby existed. If it did it, that might've been like in bigger cities. Um, yeah, it was like babies are us. And my sister is 10 years older than me and had been a mom for quite some time by the time I became a mom. So her stuff was kind of old, <laughs> you know, like she kind of had some old crummy stuff from like the early nineties. So I didn't want any of that. So I would, um, yeah, just walk through the store. And I remember actually walking through with my little gun, because that's how you did it. And we'll talk about how you guys do it now uh, and pointing it and just being like, I had no idea there were so many bottles. I had no idea there were so many diapers. I had no, and just going, I guess let's just register for all of them because I don't know any better. And then of course there were some things that just, you know, stood the test of time from when like my mom had a daycare when I was a little kid. So there were things that my mom had in her daycare in the eighties that were still very much around um, I guess burp cloths don't really change that much and <laughs> things like that. So there was like definitely a mix. Diapers had come a long way, uh, even by that point and continued to. So 
Those are really great questions, you guys. Okay. Sarah, our sponsor, Vionic, is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out. (laughs) And their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mani system. Okay, so I definitely know that in the past 25 years, expectations around um, not only baby showers, like great question about who's even supposed to come to the baby shower, Catherine, but also the process of like gathering stuff for a new baby, maybe what the expectations are of people in your social circles, what kinds of gear, all that's changed. And both of you had babies during the pandemic, which of course made that change even more dramatic. So Catherine, you've got three little kids. Um, You've got a baby and a couple of slightly older kids. So talk about how much things changed from your oldest to your youngest. Wow. A lot. Um, my, so my oldest is five and a half and we did like a pretty, I mean, I, like I said, my husband was there, which I think is pretty traditional now. I feel like a lot of my friends do that kind of thing for baby showers, but, um, we actually went to bye bye baby with the little scanner thing. Like we did that too and walked around okay. and collected all the things for our baby shower. Um, and it was a lot and it was really overwhelming. <laughs> and then with my second, I kind of told people like, just don't get me anything. Like I found the whole process of, and, and I don't, I, I almost wonder if the internet made it worse almost because it felt yeah. like there were too many choices. Um, so with my second, we just had like a smaller gathering that wasn't even really a baby shower. And then with Walter, who's my youngest, we pretty much did nothing. And that was kind of pan- yeah. pandemic related, but also because I felt like I had accumulated so much stuff 
between the first two that it was just, um, you know, I told people to maybe, maybe chip in for a babysitter at some point. And that's all I really wanted by the third time. Yeah. How about you, Kia? So my first baby shower would have been like 14 years ago and I didn't register for anything. And I was really young. So my mom just kind of took over everything that she knew that I would need. And it was actually a surprise baby shower. So I didn't know anything. Um, And that was nice. And it was the more traditional where it was just me um, and like my friends and, you know, my mom and aunts and stuff like that. Um, I remember picking out a baby bathtub and my mom like kind of scolded me like, you're not allowed to pick out anything else because it's not going (laughs) to be a surprise. Um, And then when I had my second baby eight years later, me and my husband did go to the store with a little gun. We had a local Babies R Us, so we were really excited about that. Um, But we didn't have a baby shower. We actually had a baby queue um, where we just wanted friends and family to come celebrate us having a baby. We didn't want anyone to buy us anything. I think because we were so excited, we just wanted to buy everything ourselves, which sounds so silly. Like, we wanted it when we wanted it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I get that. Though that you want some control over it. Yeah. 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 Um, With... My son, it was the same thing. It was our first boy. We had all of our girl stuff that we didn't need. And we wanted to buy all of our boy stuff. Just we wanted to buy it. And then with Elsie, my last baby, um, since I didn't have a shower, you know, previously until like 14 years beforehand, um, I asked for like a sprinkle for my sisters um, because I knew it was going to be my last baby. But I wanted it more mom centered. Um, So I just wanted like diapers for the baby if you had to buy something for the baby but really I wanted like comfy pajamas and like lactation cookies and stuff like that I love that you brought up the baby sprinkle because and the baby cue neither of these were these were not things that I had ever heard of um till like long after my last so Claire is 13 I had never even heard of any of those things so if I'm correct a baby sprinkle is kind of like a light like a shower light like it's more like a celebration with a few gifts yes and not okay. So let's talk about those social expectations. Kia, I would love to hear from you first on this one, since you've got also kind of the older, the older kid as well, the teenager. Um, do you feel like things have changed as far as like what's expected uh, about when you're going to get a shower, whose job it is to throw you the shower, what you can expect? I remember there being some grumpiness around multiple showers or having a shower for a second baby when my kids were little. Like, I remember that being kind of like a debate and thinking, oh, that's silly. If people want to have a baby shower, they should have a baby shower. Has thinking changed around that? Do you get a shower with every baby now? Or is it like, does it really vary? So I'm so glad you said that because I think a big reason why we didn't have a shower for my second baby, even though it was eight years later, was my mom felt kind of grumpy towards it. Like, well, okay. you shouldn't have a second baby shower if you're for your second baby. And so that kind of leaned in on me. So then with my fourth baby, my sisters were like, well, do you want one? Because I know like mom. So no, like I'm not throwing any shade at my mom, but like I definitely got that feeling that you got to like kind of grumpiness. And then people do get a little bit catty over like who has control over the showers. I have thrown a few baby showers for friends and family. Um, and some people get really mad. Like, what do you mean he's bringing his uncle and uh, like... <laughs> grandpa and like a bunch of guys to the shower and not just the dad um and then other expectation wise a lot of times there's something like bring books for the baby instead of cards and then they're like bring a bring diapers for the raffle I kind of feel like it's a 
get all you can get kind of thing, which I like it. I think that, you know, why waste the card if you can buy a book and the parents can start their little library <laughs> that way? Um, right, yeah. A note in the card. Yeah. I think people have definitely gotten um, really clever about, uh, I don't want to say it's a gift grab, but it's like, hey, here's what I need. So maybe for the first baby, I got all kinds of stuff, but like second baby, maybe I don't need all that. Maybe I really just need diapers or I really want books or whatever. And we're here to like celebrate the baby and, and help the parents out. I feel like, okay, like maybe you can put some requests around that. Yeah. Catherine, what's been your experience? Yeah, I feel similarly. I think um, as my kids or my friends who have kids the same age as me have started having multiple babies. We've thrown like little kind of friends only showers or sprinkles, I guess, for the, um, the kids who come later. And yeah, there is a little bit of like passing around, like who's going to do it this time kind of thing when it's just your friends planning it. Um, and then I also sometimes feel like it's a little stressful because you know, people will take pictures and post on social media and there's all these places to look up like games we can play and like cute themes, like, you know, the books where everybody signs them. And, um, I think that can kind of load the pressure on where you're like, oh, wow, I got to step it up at the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Catherine. So we were talking about like showers and what those can look like now. Um, let's just talk about baby registries in general. Like what do they look like in 2022? And I mean, you talked about the little guns. Are you uh, registering at different, like different stores? One store? Is it still the mega store? Is everyone using the same places? I just, I'm really curious what that looks like. Yeah. You know, so I registered at Bye Bye Baby with my first and then didn't with my other ones. And I haven't really seen anyone do that kind of thing lately. Um, I know there's baby list now, which is a lot of people use. And that's great because you can, um, they have a little button that you can add to your browser so you can link items from like anywhere on the internet to your baby list. Um, and you can also add, you know, they have a place to add a fund for like babysitting or even for a doula or, um, I have a friend who funded her birth photographer through part of her registry. So people could contribute to that. You know, we did that for our honeymoon too. There's like a honey fund website that's similar. And, and those I feel like are the gifts that I, I, as a gift giver gravitate towards because like, how cool is it to to say that you, you know, funded somebody's postpartum doula or something. I think it's a little more right. memorable. Than, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Hey, what did you notice that was different from like your oldest to your youngest as far as like where the registering was happening or how it was happening? Um, I think that the biggest thing that I've seen change is you get like little gifts everywhere you register. So like for each baby, I still registered at all the places for the gift. And then um, what I didn't buy... Um, after past a certain date, like closer to your due date, you get a percentage off. So then you can use like the 15% off to go buy your new baby a crib, even though no one else bought you anything for your, from your baby registry, you could use that perk. So that was really helpful. I'm curious, um, for Kia and then Catherine love to hear from you too. When my youngest, my younger three were born, there were there were starting to be a lot more indie baby boutiques than um, those were online and in real life, but there really was no streamlined way to register for gifts at them. Or like there was no convenient way to ask for something handmade or artisan made or from like a little online store. Um, Catherine, you mentioned baby list is, does that also apply to like smaller stores or is there, has it changed? Is there, are there better ways to now do that shopping where you're not just stuck with those big stores? 
Yeah, Baby List lets you link things. Like there's a cute shop in my town called Little Little Devil's Boutique that's like baby, you know, cool baby clothes. And you can link stuff from that. You can link stuff from Etsy. Um, I've also had friends who had baby showers who who have said like, here's a list of the places, the small businesses in town that would be cool if you could support those when you come. Um, but yeah, I think the internet has definitely made it easier to to request those kinds of places specifically. Okay, Kia, same question. Have you noticed um, that that is becoming more more accessible with, you know, your younger babies? It's definitely more accessible. But with the baby list that Catherine talked about, that is, I think, the most popular baby registry website now. Um, I know there's one that I really love from, it's called Spearmint Baby. Um, and, like, they have their own, re- you can register on their website. But, again, it's so much easier to put it with, like, stuff you can get from, like, target or other things yeah. like that so they did make it really easy yeah well then you get like a whole you get a whole like all the experiences at once which is kind of bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in california and starting up new infrastructure in the gulf of mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, Kia, so I know you had, I believe, a baby born like early pandemic, like maybe you were far along in your pregnancy, and then I believe another one born like a year later. Am I correct about that or something like that timing? You are correct. Okay, that's what I thought. So I would love to hear how the pandemic changed your experience of shopping for, not only shopping for your babies, but celebrating those youngest babies compared to the older kids. Yeah, so uh, my baby shower for my fourth baby, the sprinkle that I had, I wasn't due until December, but we had it in, I want to say like August, September, because it was warm outside. So we wanted, with COVID, we didn't want to be inside somewhere. We thought we could lower our risk and have it really early and it still be outside. So that was kind of weird because I wasn't like as pregnant and it was like so far away from my due date. I think some people were confused. Like, wait, I thought you're not due for like a few more months. Um, And then as far as like shopping for baby, I just got so used to with my first pandemic baby ordering everything through like Amazon and Target online that with my fourth baby, I don't even think I bought anything for her in the store. I mean, I did use a lot of things from my second baby, who was also a girl, like the same things. But I remember being in the hospital and she was my first baby that I didn't go to Babies R Us right after, like home from the hospital. We always went to Babies R Us. And she was my first baby that we didn't, which was kind of weird because that was like our thing. Like, let's go grab a few things on the way home from the hospital and she was so small, she needed a newborn clothes. So I just like Amazon primed some baby clothes to be at our house by the time we got home from the hospital. So 
I couldn't go like buy things in the store for her or, or neither could like really anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like make run. Catherine, what about you? Did, what did you notice was different about those experiences? Yeah. I think the biggest difference with my youngest was that we had been trapped in our house for so long that I didn't want anything. Um, I like, I don't even think I bought, I mean, besides diapers, I don't know what I bought for him, if anything. And I think I probably gave more stuff away. Um, I think it probably made me realize that like, I, there's only really three things that I need for a newborn and the rest is just like, get it out of my house. Um, but yeah, I do think it was though, I would have liked to celebrate him more, I think. And like us having this baby because he was, he's our last two. Um, and yeah, I think that was, I think that was kind of a bummer for sure. Were people doing things like virtual baby sh- I'm sure they were. I saw them happening on Zoom. It's not the same though, right? Yeah, it's not. It just felt kind of yeah. like I'm over Zoom at this point. You know, we were part of a little preschool pod with my older one. And the teacher of that pod was actually pregnant too. She was, she had her baby um, a couple months after I did. And so we all had like a little pod celebration, which, which was nice, yeah. you know, with a cake and stuff. But um, yeah. One thing that's making me think of when, you know, all of my kids, you know, even my youngest, yes, Amazon did exist. I don't think when Clara was born that overnight shipping was really a thing. Most things were still two, three days. And if you bought on a Friday, you weren't going to get it until like, you know, the following Tuesday or something like that. Um, just overnight shipping has changed everything. There, there used to really be pressure around making sure you went and bought things way in advance or ordered things way in advance. And now, I don't know, like Kia, you mentioned just having clothes shipped to your house. That's like amazing. I never, that would never have been possible back in the day when I was having babies, especially those first few. Catherine, did you, do you feel like that was something that you had to get kind of used to too? I I can't remember how things were different six years ago. Were people buying things and having them shipped to their house overnight? I don't remember. You know, I don't remember either, (laughs) but I, I think (laughs) so. I think so. I mean, with my first, I used to go to Target a lot because I just loved getting out of the house. It was like, you know, we would just wander the aisle. So if I needed like one pacifier, I would drive to Target just to have something to do. Right. Um, But yeah, I'm sure I could have shipped it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, even when when Jacob was born, yes, 24 hour stores did exist. And technically it was true that if you realized you didn't have diapers in the middle of the night or whatever, you could run out. But you don't want to, I mean, in the middle of the night. So having the, having the option of having things shipped or even like um, subscription based where you're getting them mm-hmm. showing up at your house, you know, when they when like on a regular routine schedule that I don't think if it was a thing, it was highly specialized and not something that everybody had. Um, Catherine, I'm curious what gear, services, products you noticed becoming, you know, accessible or popular by the time your youngest were born that didn't exist when your oldest was born? Ooh, yeah. So the the Haka pump is probably my biggest one. I'm I'm pretty sure it existed when my first was born, but I didn't know about it and I didn't know anybody who had it. But it's like a little I don't know um, what that is. <laughs> it's a it's a little handheld breast pump that is just like a little piece of silicone, basically. But you can kind of suction it to your boob while you're nursing on the other one. And it'll That's catch. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So it'll catch extra milk so that you don't have to 
like put the whole pump together and deal with all of that. And then you can slowly kind of store up breast milk in the fridge or the freezer if that's what you're doing. Um, So that was a big one game changer for me. Um, And then also I would have loved that. Oh, it was. I mean, it's it's probably 20 bucks on Amazon and I send it to everybody that I know who's having a baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But the other one is is the, you know, the big ticket items like the the LV pump that you can wear, you know, under your clothes while you're working and the snoo. That one had a big, uh, a renaissance of sorts. I don't know what the snoo is. What's the snoo? Oh, it's the robot crib, like the, um, the bassinet that will rock your baby to sleep for you. Oh, wow. And you can, okay. yes, they're, nice. they're incredibly <laughs> expensive, but you can rent them. Yeah. Um, and you know, who's to say if it actually works? But it's, yeah. it's a big thing. We we tried it for like two months with my youngest and it was very helpful for him because I, I didn't have, you know, I had two two other small children running around, so I didn't have time to rock yeah. him to sleep. So you just strap him in and it it rocks him to sleep. Now, okay, I do remember um, there being something that you could stick on a crib or a playpen, I guess, when my kids were little that would jiggle it. I don't think the technology existed for it to rock. It would just like kind of create vibration. And I remember that people being kind of even grumpy about that, like it was cheating somehow. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like the baby doesn't know who's rocking the crib. Mm -hmm. Like the whole point is you're doing it, you know, you're way over here doing it. So they don't know you're there. You just want the the movement. Do you feel like there's more acceptance of like that technology that kind of steps in and does the job of rocking a cradle, for example, for you? You know, I think there's still that grumpiness for sure. And I felt that. Okay. I I was like. (laughs) Yeah. I told my husband, I was like, I feel terrible. I'm putting him in this machine and then walking out of the room. But, yeah. but on the other hand, like one of my kids is going to jump off a balcony if I am <laughs> sitting in the right. nursery for yeah. too long with this baby. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and they've had swings forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like baby swings were basically that they just weren't as safe and they weren't really a great place for babies to sleep, but babies fell asleep in swings all the time. Yeah. And then you'd have that moment where you're like, well, do I try to take them out? Do I let them sleep in the swing? You're not really supposed to, Yeah. you know, how do I get them out and they don't wake up? So it's not like the tech, there were other technology, there was other cheats even back then, Yeah. but they just looked different. I do have some mixed feelings about, you know, sleep, things that support sleep in that way. Cause I think they can be kind of predatory towards moms, especially, you know, right. the snooze super expensive if you're buying it, and not renting it. Um, but at the same time, you got to survive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What was, what wasn't available at all when your oldest was a born or a baby that you maybe were loved finding and discovering when your youngest was born? So I am a big fan of white noise when your baby's sleeping. And with my oldest, I had like a little radio that I would just turn on like a channel that just played static. And that was my white noise. And so with my last three babies, I actually have like a little tiny sound machine that plays like different sounds and it doesn't have to be plugged in because you can charge it. So I remember being like so excited about finding that. I also want to say like electric nail files for babies, you know, clipping them sometimes when they're little, when they're little and tiny. I know my husband, Elsie's when she was a newborn and like made her bleed. You know how babies bleed like so much when they're so little. Well, now they have like a little electric um no far that's super for popular babies? on amazon for babies yes oh gosh, it's very amazing. convenient <laughs> i used to chew um, my baby's fingernails because i was so yeah. afraid of them yeah <laughs> so. Yeah, so that was really cool and then 
Oh, another thing. Um, swaddling your baby. I was a huge swaddler, especially with my first. And now they have like the sacks. Um, so those, they definitely didn't have those when my oldest was um, a baby. And now they have so many different kinds of brands and, you know, different fabrics and they go up in like weight and age. So those are, are really cool too. Well, and I love your, I love your story about the radio white. It was like, like the poorer person's white noise machine, but it wasn't for being poor. It was just, we didn't have it. (laughs) It didn't exist. And we were very resourceful about things like that then. Like we would, you know, find ways to do things that needed to be done. Um, Swaddling. We just used blankets. Like we didn't have, it wasn't like a specialty thing for every task of parenting yet. So Catherine, you said that you feel like it can be a little predatory at times. And I think that's really interesting because it feels like sometimes things are marketed as a need that maybe are like a want at best. How do you cut through the noise um, as a mom now and be like, this actually is something I could use or I need and not just like, this is something I think I need because uh, there's lots of stars, you know, it's getting a lot of stars or like Instagram decided to feed it to me. I think if I were to do it again for my first, I would get like a carrier and a positioner, like a, you know, something to keep them in while I'm cooking and then a bassinet and that's it. And then just wait and kind of see what my needs were because I was just assuming like, oh, my baby's going to have colic and my baby's going to do this. And, and a lot of those things never came to be. (laughs) So with the first, I had a lot of stuff that I really never used. What about you? I was going to say that too. Um, There's so many things marketed towards put your baby in here and do this and put your baby in here and do this. Um, Or something like a sling, they could, you could buy so many different kinds of slings for like an outside sling or like the ring sling for like a smaller baby to be so close to you. I think that if we showed women those more things and they wouldn't be so um, overwhelmed by all the mess, because then you're constantly, you know, bombarded with so much stuff. So you have this over here for this and this over here for that. and I just, I just think that because I've been a mom so long that I'm less um, likely to like fall into those traps of those things because they really didn't have any of them and I've never bought any of them. I think that's just yeah. because I've been a mom for so long that I know I can do without. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you've, you've already been through it uh, using maybe a, a more basic set of tools and your own resources. And then later, if you were just starting out now, it's like, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory or something. You're just like, there's just so many, there's so many options. I need them all. And maybe they'd be help, like helpful or handy for a day or two or like a very special occasion. But then you might find that now you just have more clutter to deal with and wish you hadn't bought it. Um, it's a good segue to talk about social media in general, because I'm curious how Instagram and Facebook and all the social medias have, I'm not on TikTok really, but maybe there's some happening there too how that has changed the tone around what we think we need as moms for babies, how we think we should acquire what we're getting, like the pressures around there and and how it's being kind of fed to us. And then maybe also something about the sharing of it. Like, do you feel like if you buy something cool, you're now obligated to share it with every other mom that's on social media? Um, or if you use something and don't like it, do you feel like you have, you know, like an obligation to pass the word along? Kia, I would love to hear from you on this one because I know that being as your oldest as a teenager, things have gotten vastly different from oldest to youngest. So as far as the sharing, I do kind of feel obligated to share what if I buy something and it's surprisingly really helpful. 
if I buy something, I feel like I wasted my money. Um, because I have so many friends and sisters who are having babies and a lot of them come to me like, is this worth it? Is this worth it? So I like to share if I have an input. Um, and then also I think that you have to, uh, social media makes you feel like you have to do all the things. Like if you don't have a maternity shoot, then like you might as well not have been pregnant. Um, it didn't even happen. <laughs> if you don't have, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you didn't have an Instagram worthy, aesthetically pleasing um, baby shower or nursery. Um, Was there even a baby? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, is your baby even sleeping if they don't have that neutral um, nursery, you know, in the background? Yeah. Um, so, and again, like I only ever made one nursery out of all four of my babies. So um, I think that it can be um, predatory against moms. Like Catherine said, just about something else about what making you feel like you need these things when you really don't need them. Um, so that, that's like the bad parts of, of like social media, Instagram. So yeah, it can be, it can be very wishy-washy up and down when it comes to social media. Well, what about the, what about the good side where you're learning about things you maybe wouldn't have? Like, do you ever feel like Kia that you've, you've seen it, like maybe an ad's been served to you or an influencer or something mentioned something and you're like, well, that sounds great. And then you got it and it was just as amazing as you thought it would be. And it actually, what, like it was worth, you know, having um, consumed that content. Yes. So I think back to like nursing bras. Um, when I had my first breastfed baby, I didn't know, like, I just bought like the Walmart version of nursing bra. And then they have like bras that you can use to pump and nurse in that I wouldn't have known about if I didn't have social media or different baby carriers. I would have known, you know, looking at the aisle of baby carriers. Well, which one do I get? Um, people sharing those on social media that can be so helpful. Um, as well as even, um, feeling like, okay, in your breastfeeding journey, like there's a lot of good educational accounts, um, when it comes to things like breastfeeding and, um, that I found really helpful that I know other people are finding helpful as well. Yeah. What about you, Catherine? Yeah, I agree. I think you, um, just, you know, like always on social media, have to be careful about who you're getting your information from. And, uh, I, I think after my first, I followed a couple local groups that were like my town's baby wearing club that was all, you know, they would review baby carriers and then a, a breastfeeding group that would share stuff that was helpful. Um, and I think the fact that it wasn't a lot of like sponsored content necessarily was helpful. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I think, I think any time that I saw somebody telling me like this thing made motherhood in general easy, it was like a trigger for me that like that can't be true because it's yeah. just not easy. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to be, and, and almost nothing is going to be the make it or break. Like, you know, one product is probably not going to make or break your breastfeeding relationship, for example. So, um, yeah, that's like a big, that's a big sell, mm -hmm. <laughs> like a big selling point. That doesn't seem. Yeah. True. And I think it's tough because a lot of people, that's how they're, that's what they're doing on social media is presenting, you know, something that's pretty and looks nice and, you know, is relaxing to look at and like real motherhood's not super relaxing to look at. <laughs> And that pretty to yeah. look at. And I do think we're like, we're emotionally drawn to that feeling. Like if I have these things, then I will be, I will present this state of motherhood that's calm and peaceful and loving. And like, it's going to make the whole experience. It's like going to curate a whole experience. Mm -hmm. And then you actually become a mom and you're like, or you add another baby because you forgot, you know, the first one got yeah. a little older and then you're like, oh, right. There's just, just a lot of spit up and poop no matter what no matter what is there on your body or attached to yeah. your nipple. 
Well, ladies, this has been so fun. I know at the very beginning, um, I gave you both the opportunity to ask me a question since I'm kind of like an alien from a 25 year old planet. And when talking about, you know, baby shower stuff, because I really didn't even have, I think maybe some friends threw me a party for Clara because she was my only girl. But I do think my only true shower was with Jacob. Maybe I might have had a quickie for like a little one for Will. And that's kind of it. So um, if you have any other questions for me about just what it was like to be a new mom back then or getting stuff um, for the, you know, for the baby, I would love to hear it. Okay, I would love to know what, and I'm asking this because there are certain women in my life who gave me beautiful, beautiful baby gifts that were like the most impractical things that I've ever received. (laughs) And I would love to know if there was anything you registered for or something people gave you that like made no sense looking back on. Oh my gosh. Well, so two things pop into my head. One is like that I would get multiple, multiple of the same sort of thing that you really could never use more than one. And the one that pops into my mind is those baby bathtubs. I think I got three of those at my first shower, but they're big. And you'll never, if you have one baby, you will never have an opportunity when you need to have three baby bathtubs because you're not going to like give them a cold rinse in one and like, I don't know, a hot rinse in the other. (laughs) Something like that. Like just one, just one is fine. The other thing that I, I kind of giggle when I think about it now is that my now ex-mother-in-law gave me so many clothes from um, my now ex-husband from his babyhood. And I remember thinking, I don't want the responsibility of keeping these clothes nice. Obviously, you held on to them for some sentimental reason. They're now very out of date and very ugly. Like none of these were. Th- and there was like a lot of polyester blend and um, very 70s and like 70s were not back in yet. So I was like, what am I going to do with this like clown suspender overall things? Like, I'm not going to put this on my baby. Plus it's white, like pure white. So he's just going to spit up on it. I just truly didn't know what to do with it. It felt like she hung on to it because she couldn't let it go. And then was like, yes, now I get to <laughs> unload it on my daughter-in-law. And I was like, thanks. And a lot of fakey la- like thank yous. Like, thank you so much. Wow. So those are the two that come to mind. I bet if I thought about it for a while, I could probably come up with a whole list. (laughs) Kia, do you have any final questions for me? Yeah, I want to know one, like what is something that you remember using a lot, um, whether it's with like all kids or one kid or your first or last? Like for me, I would say my baby wearers. I, I, I couldn't have done motherhood without them. They made life a lot easier for me. Was there anything like that for you? So when I think back to the thing that, I mean, baby wears for sure. And I wore, I had all different kinds of slings and baby wears, but the thing that feels like the biggest staple to me of motherhood were those flannel blankets that are about like, they're like the swaddling blanket size, but you can kind of use them. You can like layer a few up and use them as a cover on a warmer day. Um, you can swaddle and them. you can use them as a burp cloth. You can use them to wipe up messes and we had them around for so long that eventually after like there was no more babies coming, they wound up cut up and used as rags. Like I just I kept them for so long and they just served so many purposes that I do think that they were um, I think that they were like. Useful, they didn't make or break motherhood, but they're the thing that feels like the most emblematic to me about that time of my life. Well, ladies, this has been so super fun. Um, I love hearing about like some of the new things that are on the market now. I'll have to go check out that pump. I can imagine like how much milk wouldn't have gotten lost in my bra forever if I had had that or in a nursing pad. 
kind of sad now to think about all the milk that got wasted, but it's truly no crying over 25 year olds. Right. So <laughs> this has been really fun. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the mom hour. You can find out more about Kia and Catherine at the contributors page on our site, themomhour.com slash contributors. And I wanted to let you know that another member of our contributor team, Sarah Lindbergh, who also had a baby pretty recently, has a blog post up this week all about how to make the most out of your baby registry with some practical been there, done that tips about where to focus your energy, what to stock up on early and what you can probably wait on. We'll link that up in the show notes or you can find it at themomhour.com slash blog. Okay, Sarah and I will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.